was Governor Mike Huckabee. He made the comment that the problem with America today isn't money problems. You know what? He's right. The problem with America today is not money problems. No matter how many trillions and trillions of dollars in debt that America is, no matter how much or how badly the economy is in the tank, money is not our problem. But, Governor Huckabee says, the real problem is a moral problem. Although I have great respect for Governor Huckabee, the more that I thought about his statement, the more that I think he's wrong. He's partly right, but in being partly right, I think he's mostly wrong. Everybody in the world has a sense of morality. Our welfare system was created to be a moral program. Concerns about global warming, animal rights, socialism, all are very moral issues. The problem isn't that all, the problem isn't that we have a moral problem. The problem is they are all godless and humanistic attempts at morality, those programs. Because people are created in the image of God and because we live in a fallen and cursed world, everybody knows something is wrong. We know something's wrong and we try to create a moral code in order to deal with it. The problem isn't that people don't have morals in America today. The problem isn't an economic problem. The problem isn't a problem with our government. The problem isn't a technology problem. Our problem in America isn't an education problem. Now, we do have issues in all of those areas. But all those issues are is a symptom of the real problem. Our problem in America today is a spiritual one. And the only answer to a spiritual problem is a spiritual solution. Our passage this morning has that solution for us. When politicians run for office, they always run on a platform. And their platform is made up of certain issues that they say are the solutions to all of our problems. This platform is a foundation that they build their entire campaign on. They stand on their platform and they try to convince Americans to vote for them because they have the best plan for America. 
today and in the future. We should not be interested in any politician's platform. From this point on, there's only one platform that we need. Today, we're going to look at five planks in God's political platform for America. Speaking directly from Psalm 33, I'm going to lay out God's platform for America right here. I'm going to build God's platform for America for you right here this morning. I'm going to convince you that His plan is the best plan for America. Our first plank to God's platform comes from verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 33. Let me read that for you. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make melody to him with the instruments of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout for joy. The first plank in God's political platform this morning America must praise God. We don't have to think very long before we can come up with a whole list of blessings that God has given us. Amen? Amen. God does great things. God does great things for us. But ultimately, God does great things for His glory. We thank God for what He does, but we praise Him for who He is. That is one of the signs of a true Christian. Anybody can thank God for the good things but only a true believer can praise God in the middle of a storm. Because isn't that what faith is? Lord, I don't understand this storm. I don't see you anywhere in it. But I know that you're there. I know that however things turn out, you will work them together for good. You will because you have promised to. And you are always faithful to keep your promises. That's faith, friends. That's the kind of faith that only the righteous of verse 1 can have. The kind of faith that can only be supplied by the righteous, by the righteousness and uprightness 
of Christ himself. That he clothes every true believer in. And when Jesus clothes a believer in his righteousness, friends, you just can't help but praise the Lord. Praise him for who he is. Praise him with words. Praise him with music. Praise him with songs. Praise him with emotional, heartfelt, theological, rich music. The kind that makes you feel like you're just pouring out your soul to him. Not out of habit. Not because we have to. Not because that's the next thing on our list. But because we want to. Because we want to praise and love the only one who truly deserves it. To the one whom all blessing and honor and glory and power belongs. If we want America to truly be blessed by God, folks, we must praise the Lord. We must praise the Lord in His glory as His redeemed, as His righteous ones, as His upright ones. Church, we're the ones to do it. We're the ones to praise Him. Calvin's commentary says that if the ungodly or hypocrites attempt this exercise, it will turn to the reproach and dishonor of God rather than to His praise. The redeemed of the Lord must say so. America must praise God in His glory. So church, let's start right here, right now, with us. I praise God that He can take someone so little, with so little ability and use them to work His greatness. How about you? What do you praise God for this morning? Praise God for this and Amen, sister. Come on, who else? Our freedom. Our freedom. Amen to that. Praise the Lord. Who else? Our church family. Praise the Lord for them. Anybody else? Excuse me? Moving on to our second plank in God's political platform. Comes from verses 4 and 5 of Psalm 33. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of goodness of the Lord. That's it. 
I'm going to pause right there just a second now. The second plank of God's political platform. We must mimic God in his character. One more board to the platform this morning. We must mimic God in his character. If I ask the question, who is God? That sounds easy enough to answer until we think about it for a minute. Who is God? And then we come to the conclusion that the only way we can answer that question is to describe who God is, is by using the Bible. By using the same words that the Bible uses. And that, my friends, is by God's attributes. God's attributes are like his character or his nature. That's what these verses are talking about this morning. They describe God's character. His word is right. What does the word right mean? It means straight and level. It's what we are talking about when we say someone's on the level with us. Friends, God is on the level with us. It means that God is faithful. He is steadfast. The psalmist here clarifies his meaning when he goes on to say that all God's works are done in truth. It literally says, all his works, faithfulness. Everything that God does is according to his word, true and faithful. His word is true, and it will be accomplished just as he said it is. Verse 5 says that he loves righteousness and justice. In other words, God is a holy God who loves holiness. He loves purity. He hates sin and he judges sin because sin is in contrast to God's nature. Friends, God is good. He is so good that he poured out his judgment for sin on his own son in our place. He is so good that he did that did that in order that we in order that we might be able to stand righteous before him. And as we stand before him, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, he loves us just like he loved his son. He loves his son. He loves us the way he loves his righteousness. 
That's the goodness of the Lord. That's God's character. The goodness that came into the world even though the world received him not. The goodness that loved the world enough to give his only begotten Son that whosoever lived, believeth in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Philippians 2 tells us that we are to live and have the mind of Christ. We are to be like him. We are to mimic him. Is America right and faithful? In her dealings with other countries, do we make promises to stand with countries and then turn our backs on them when the political heat gets too high? Are we being faithful to Israel? Or are we turning our back on her? Are we righteous in our judgment? Or do politics and money and corruption enter our judicial system? Are all of our works done in truth? Or do we hear one thing from political leaders while they do something else? We don't have to watch the news very long, friends, to discover that, yes, America has a character, a character problem. If America wants to be blessed by God, we must hear the cry of the prophet Amos. He says, Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. The remnant of Joseph failed to heed the word of God. God judged them, punished them, and sent them into exile. Do you think that he will do any less to us if we don't listen? Faithfulness, truth, righteousness, justice, goodness. We must praise God in his glory, but friends, we must also mimic God's character. Verses 6 through 9 of Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. 
For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The third plank in God's political platform this morning We must recognize God in His works. Coming along pretty good with this platform now, folks. Verse 6 doesn't exactly mince words, does it? And in case there was any doubt, the psalmist clarified himself in verse 9. When we read that, we have two choices. We can either believe it or not. And if we don't, then we have to figure out which parts of the Bible we choose to believe and which ones we choose to throw out. Then we have become the arbiter who stands in judgment over the scriptures instead of the scripture standing in judgment over us. And friends, that is exactly what America has done since 1859. Charles Darwin wrote a book called On the Origin of Species. Although he was not the first to come up with this theory of evolution, his book very much popularized it. And for 155 years, our nation has used that theory to eliminate the need for God as our creator. And no one needs to try to tell me that they can harmonize the Bible with evolution. If we try to say that God presided over evolution... We not only have to throw out Genesis 1 through 3, we also must throw out the gospel. Because where does the gospel start? Romans 3.23 All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me explain something now. Evolution says that lower life forms over time evolved into higher life forms. That process happened over billions and billions of years. Finally, after billions and billions of years, animals evolved into prehistoric people. Then those prehistoric people eventually evolved into human beings. Now let's think about that. Let's think about what had to be going on all those years in order for a lower species to evolve into a higher species has to die. Do you see what that means? 
It means that if evolution were true, then death had been going on for billions of years before people were around to commit the first sin. And if death happened before sin, Romans 6.23 is a lie. And if Romans 6.23 is a lie, then the gospel is a lie. And Jesus died for nothing. But friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not what happened. God created the heavens and the earth, just as verse 6 says, by His Word, by the breath of His mouth. Verse 9 says, He spoke it, and it was done. He was finished. It stood fast. We as a nation have failed to recognize God in His works of creation. We have failed to recognize Him as our Creator, as our Sustainer, as our Redeemer, as our King. We have not feared the Lord, as verse 8 says. We have not stood in awe of Him. America's problem will not be solved until we are standing on God's platform. America has a spiritual problem. So friends, we need a spiritual answer. God has built His platform here for us in Psalm 33. I'm laying it out here for you. America must praise God in His glory. We must mimic His character. And friends, we must recognize God in His works. Now the fourth plank in God's political platform comes from verses 10 through 17. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the council He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men from the place of his dwelling. He looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their heart individually. He considers all their works. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. The fourth plank in God's political platform. America must submit to God in His sovereignty. Hey, we're building something to stand on now, friends. There is no doubt that our founding fathers put together the finest governing documents in the history of man. The way they understood human nature and guarded against tyranny was brilliant. There's no doubt that even with the correct with the current economic p- 
crisis, American capitalism has produced the strongest economy the world has ever seen. There is no doubt that with our superior training and technological expertise, we have by far the most powerful military in the world and that the world has ever known. We have the most advanced education system and the most fine higher education. We have the greatest supply of food and the scientific ability to manipulate its nutritional value and disease resistance. We have the greatest health care and medical system, or at least we did, but no, I'm kidding. But I want you to look at verses 16 and 17. Friends, those things can't save us. Those things can't deliver us. Those are vain things to trust in for our safety. The word vain there literally means a puff of smoke. All those things can be gone just like a puff of smoke in the wind. We're seeing some of that already in America, aren't we? What sustains us as a nation, not our Constitution, not our government, not our national pride or our self-will, the only thing that sustains us as a nation, the Lord God. It is His counsel that Psalm 33 says stands forever. Remember that at one time Babylon was barely even a spot on the map. At the same time, Judah was a small but technologically advanced military powerhouse. And Assyria was a vast empire that ruled the western world. But you know what God did? God used Babylon to conquer both Assyria and Judah. And Judah was his chosen people. They took pride in that. They took comfort in that. But God showed that the only thing that we can take comfort in is when we submit to his sovereignty. The minute we begin to think otherwise is the minute that we begin to trust in vain things. America, church, we must stand on God's political platform for America. Our fifth and final plank this morning comes from verses 18 through 22. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope in His mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul awaits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our hearts shall rejoice in Him, because, he have, because we have trusted in His holy name. Let Your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in You. 
our fifth plank this morning in God's political platform. America, we must trust God in His plans. God's political platform. America must stand on it. Seeing the way that our nation is going doesn't paint a comforting picture, does it? But despite everything we see, friends, God is still in control. He is still sovereign. He, is, he still has a plan, and His plan is still going to be accomplished. Verse 18 says, His eye is upon those who fear Him and hope in Him. If we have trusted Jesus as our Savior, that promise is for us. He will deliver us from death. He will sustain us in even the darkest of times. He is our help and our shield. He is our defender. Do we have concerns for our nation today? Does our heart break to see how things are going this morning? Do we want our nation to turn to God? It's not going to happen from political reform. It's not going to happen through elections and protests and riots. It can only happen, friends, from a mighty movement from God. Does our soul wait for that? Do we long for that to happen? Or do we just want the economy to pick up a little? Maybe the roads to get a little better? Maybe get our taxes lower. Church, that's not what I want. I want God to truly bless America. I want God to truly bless America with His presence. I want Him to truly bless America with a revival like He brought to ancient Nineveh. How about you? Amen? But He will only do that His way, not our way. And the way that God demands is laid out in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and it says this, If my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Notice there who the Lord is talking to. He's not talking to the president. He's not talking to Congress. He's not talking to the bankers. He's not even talking to lost people. God's talking to His people. He's talking to us. 
That means we better spend less time railing against taxes, railing against bailouts, talking about the homosexual agenda, whatever the Obama administration is doing, and we better spend more time humbling ourselves before the Lord, more time praying. We better spend more time seeking the Lord's face. We better spend more time turning from the sin in our lives. Then and only then will the Lord hear, hear us. Then and only then will the Lord forgive us. Then and only then will the Lord heal our land. So where are you this morning in your relationship with God? Do you praise Him in His glory? Do you mimic Him in His character? Do you recognize God in His works? Do you submit to His sovereignty? Do you trust Him in His plan for your life? Have you trusted Him as your personal Lord and Savior? Verse 13 says, The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. What does he see this morning as he looks at you? Does he see your sin? Or does he see his son? You can answer that question this morning. Today is the day he can wash away all your sins. So that when he looks at you, all he sees is Jesus Christ, his son. Will you let him do that for you this morning? Will you stand on God's platform? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven. Whoa, the mess we can create when we rely only upon ourselves. Father, this church this morning is making a commitment to stand on your platform. Lord, we ask this morning that you use us to spread this news to the world. That you use us as your tool to expand your kingdom. Lord, we know that your plan for America is what's best. And we know that your plan for our life is what's best. Lord, I pray this morning that if there is even one here that has not put their faith in Jesus Christ, I pray you give them the courage to do that this morning. That you speak to their heart, have them step out, come down here. Let me show them what the Bible says. What you say, Lord, about how they can have the guarantee of eternal life. Lord, and we thank you for giving us that guarantee through your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray this morning. Amen.